Stick to one niche and accelerate your profits on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over 20,000 social media pros at servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I live on a tropical island, and one of my great passions is surfing. I love surfing. I love stand-up paddling. I love kayaking. I love being out on the water. I love all of those water sports. And strangely enough, much of the equipment you need for those sports is very difficult to get here. It's nearly impossible to get a long surfboard on this island. Getting a high-quality stand-up paddleboard is a complete nightmare. Very, very hard to acquire these tools on this island. However, during my endeavors, I did find an amazing kayak builder, someone who builds amazing one-person, two-person kayaks for a great price. He even offered me an amazing, much lower price if I ordered in bulk, if I bought 5, 10, 20 kayaks. I told one of my friends about this and he immediately recommended that I begin to sell kayaks on Amazon. I don't sell physical products on Amazon. I certainly don't sell kayaks and I don't know a lot about shipping massive products across the ocean. These are three areas that I haven't delved into the past. I'm doing more and more spreading my wings on Amazon, but this is a massive shift in market and would have cost a great amount of money. I would have had to buy all the kayaks up front, spend $10,000, $20,000 to get into this business. And then I would have been fighting to sell them before the warehousing fees caught up with me. What a chess game nightmare. I have many passions, many things that I'm interested in, but that doesn't mean that should become my new business, that I want to enter every single market I'm interested in. Sometimes we care about a lot of things, we're excited about a lot of things. When I talk to new authors, they often have seven or eight book ideas that are all very disparate. I want to write a children's book. I want to write a romance novel. I want to write a book of poetry. I want to write a book about my marriage. I want to write a book about learning to horse ride. They're all very interesting and wonderful topics. This is another version of shiny object syndrome. Now, instead of being excited about different methods of making money online, different courses we want to buy, we're excited by many different markets we want to enter into. I am only in a few markets, and I don't move out of a market until I've been in there for a very long time, two or three years. I don't add another one behind that. It's very tempting to jump, jump, jump. But remember, I've been doing this for seven or eight years. I've been doing this for quite a while. And for the first three years, I was only in one market, then I added a second market, and then three years later, I added another one. So very slow growth is the right way to do it. It's the right structure. We think of going into different markets as a form of diversification. Well, if I have a book about horses and a book about my kids and a book about romance, one of them will do good. It's a shotgun approach to business, and it's predicated on the belief that luck is a major factor in your success. I don't really use luck as one of the variables in the structure of my business. I don't depend on luck. I do everything I can to control the odds in my favor. I have no interest in playing fair. There are plenty of other podcasts out there that are about changing your life or making money online or writing books. I would love to have all their audiences just listen to me. When it comes to business, trying to get the largest audience, wanting to succeed the most is okay. Now, I don't want to take away their audiences. I'm happy for you to listen to other podcasts as well, but I just want to be your favorite. I don't believe that it's a zero-sum game. I listen to, I'm listening to more and more. I used to only listen to one podcast, and then I got bored of it a little bit because they only update every two weeks. 
So I tried a couple of other ones that I realized there were some competitors and now I've changed to one competitor that I got bored of and then I've changed to another one. I actually have a new favorite bad movie podcast. I mentioned a few episodes ago or maybe a couple weeks ago that I was really into one bad movie podcast. Now I'm into a brand new one. I found one I like even more than the last one. They have a different energy on this one that I really like. It's much more positive. The last one I talked about that I was listening to, I listened to every one of their episodes. I got all caught up on like seven years of episodes over the course of a couple of weeks. Every time at the end, they hate every movie they talk about. They never have a recommend. They never say there's some good parts or some redeeming qualities. Now I found a group of guys that and a podcast that I, I think it's my new favorite one that actually really love movies and they like different things about each movie. When you listen to someone take down a recent action movie and talk about how much they hate everything about it and then their recommendation is for a silent movie from the 1930s, well, of course you're not going to like the current one, right? It doesn't There's like a disconnect for me. But I listen to more and more podcasts. I listen to multiple podcasts and you can do the same thing. But I would love to be your favorite podcast just like this new bad movie podcast. It's my new favorite one. And yes, I'll post a link below the show notes so you can try this one out too and see if it's your new favorite one. Diversification, we often hear about it and we mix up the idea. Diversification means you have multiple revenue streams so that if one collapses, you're okay. The problem is diversifying too soon. You don't want to diversify when you have a very soft revenue stream. If you're making $100 a month from a romance novel, you don't then go out and do a coloring book and try and make another $100 a month. That's not the correct form of diversification. Start out by building an entire business that's actually successful. Control a single market, a single sector, and then diversify. This podcast, this entire Servo Master message is very limited in scope. There are certain things that I will never talk about in episodes. If I want to cover them, I'll have to bring in a guest to talk about them. They're outside what I like to do, and they're outside my areas of expertise. You'll never hear me teaching Facebook advertising, teaching Google advertising. I don't run those campaigns myself. It's outside my skill set. It's outside my knowledge area. I do run paid traffic in some areas. I do a lot of paid traffic with Amazon. I know a lot about that area of paid traffic because it's something I understand and it really sticks with my passion. So there are areas I like, but when it goes into an area that I'm not an expert at, I don't pretend to. I don't try to expand into other niches. Many of that people in that space have a message about becoming a millionaire very quickly. They're all about get-rich-quick schemes, how to quickly build this type of business, how to quickly become a millionaire, make $100,000 a year. They promise huge amounts of money. You'll notice I don't make promises like that very often, if ever. I'm into longevity and real business structure, and I'm into a different approach. I'm here to help most people make their first $1,000 a month. That's really the first thing I'm working on helping people to build that. And that's probably 90 to 95% of my audience. Very likely that fits you. If you're already making $10,000 a month online, most of my message won't resonate with you unless you want to move into one of the areas that I'm an expert in. If you really want to move into Amazon, then that part of my message will resonate with you. But in general, most of my material is about learning how to do local consulting and make your first $1,000 a month, how to write blog posts for other people or get into blogging yourself or creating YouTube videos and really starting a business that can go the distance. Once you hit that first $1,000 a month, then it's easy to go from there to $10,000 a month because you have a foundation that's solid. It's a lot harder to go from nothing to $10,000 a month. It's a lot riskier. You're a lot less likely to succeed. It's a lot more challenging. So my market is very defined inside my head. I have a very specific list of things that I teach about and a very specific philosophy 
That's why I don't talk about high-ticket products very often. I could certainly promote three, five, ten thousand dollars products to you all day long, but that's not the audience I'm looking for. That's not the people I want to connect with. I want to really help people. I especially want to help moms who've just had a kid and don't want to have to go back to work. They want to make enough money so they can stay home but still spend time with their kid, just like I do. I spend time with my children all the time. That's why I work from a home office. That's why occasionally you'll hear a little bit of background noise in these podcasts because I like to be near my kids. I do everything I can to remove all that background noise. I use all the technology, but I don't want to be by myself all the time. I love being around my kids. So that's what I want to provide for you. I want to give you the same connection. When you're choosing your market, you may discover that it's a dead niche. That's something people run into. And that will only happen if you didn't do any research first. For example, one of my friends wrote a whole book about quitting vaping, those electronic cigarettes. That niche doesn't exist yet. He might be ahead of the times. Now, in five or 10 years, when more research comes out and they discover those are super bad for you and really poisonous and horrible then that niche will exist and he can start to profit from it. If you're in a market where no one wants to buy what you have to teach, you can really struggle, but it's very rare. If you follow my research methodology, everything I teach about research before you choose your market, then you won't have that problem. If you're in a niche and you're thinking about quitting, please check the show notes and email me and I'll do a quick research for you. There are certainly niches that are very successful on Google and terrible on Amazon and vice versa. Sometimes you have the right idea, but in the wrong place. The reason we stay with a single market is because staying power, building a business takes time and the longevity is far more profitable. When you have a brand new book on Amazon, every single person is a new customer who's never heard of you before. You have to constantly recruit, find, and connect with new people. Every customer you find, if your book is $2.99, it's worth about $2. If you recruit 10 people a day, you'll make $20 a day. That's all right, it's not bad. That's a nice little bit of money. If you put out a second book in a completely different market, You have one book in romance and one book in science fiction, your two passions. You're back to square one. You have to recruit every single reader from zero. You have to start over every single time to find more people. You're constantly trying to bring in new customers. If you write two books in romance, you can magnify your profits instead of just growing. Arithmetically, it turns geometric. Instead of looking like a straight line that's slowly going up a staircase, it starts to look like a rocket ship shooting in outer space. It starts to look like a parabola, if you like the mathematical terms. You have a romance book and a science fiction book, and they each sell 10 copies a day. You now make $40 a day. You've doubled your profits. But if you have two romance novels that each sell 10 copies a day, several people who buy one will buy the other and vice versa. Instead of making $40 a day, you'll make 60. When you bring out a third book, you'll jump to $100 a day. Fourth book could bring you to 150. Whereas the person doing four books in all different markets, even if they're doing really well, It's making $80 a day. You've doubled the amount of money you can make simply by saying in a single niche. The structure of a content marketing business is a pyramid and not a pyramid scheme. It just happens to be levels. At the lowest level is your free content, your blog posts, your free gifts for joining your mailing list, your podcast, if you have a podcast like mine, all the things you give away for free. That's the most people will access that. Then you have a product that's seven, 10, $20 and some people get that. As people go higher up the pyramid, and that just means less people purchase that product, your products become more expensive. Maybe you have a $7 product, then a $27, then a $97, then a $197, then a $500, then a $1,000, and people want one-on-one coaching with you, you have that $10,000. At each of these levels, people get more intimacy, more connection with you, more contact with you, higher level information, and it's more exclusive because less people are doing it. If I was selling private coaching where I came and spent a week with you, face-to-face, I could never sell two at the same time. I have to be with you. How can I be with you and someone else at the same time? 
I used to sell that type of coaching where I would travel to people a lot and I kept raising the price until people stopped buying it because traveling all the time was getting exhausting. And now that I live on my paradise island, I never want to leave. I hate to travel. So it really takes a big number to get me off my island. If you really, really wanted coaching with me, you could listen to some of the things I've talked about in past episodes, how I love where I live, but how it's so hard to buy long boards and set up paddle boards. If you messaged me and said, I want to come to your island for a week and train with you. If I bring you this really awesome stand-up paddleboard, can we do a barter? I would definitely say yes. I'll tell you that right now. Normally, for someone to come here and train with me, I would charge 10, 20 grand. But if you show up with a $1,500 paddleboard, definitely going to happen. Understanding what I like and what I need and what people like and need can help you jump up the pyramid without spending as much money. It's a way to bypass some of the steps in the pyramid. That's why we talk so much about networking, understanding what people want, how to connect and give value so that when opportunities arise, you know what to do. If you are thinking about showing up with a stand-up paddleboard, please feel free to email me. (laughs) I'm definitely interested. It's so unbelievably hard. I think I'm going to have to fly to another country to buy one and bring it back here. It's such a hassle. It's so crazy how some things are so hard. I live on a stand-up paddleboard island, but that's just the way it is. If you're in America, you can order them on Amazon, but unfortunately, it's not the option here for the ones that I want. When you're in a single space and you create that pyramid of business, you can then magnify your growth. Someone buys your first book, you make $2.00. If they buy a book from your website for $17, you don't have to share any of the money with Amazon. You walk away with around $16 after the credit card processing fee, maybe $16.50. A sale from your website is now worth eight times more than a sale from Amazon. A little step up the pyramid, because you've stayed in the same space, you can build out more and more products and more and more offerings. I currently have several books on Amazon under the Servant of Master imprint. I have several courses on my website helping to teach you different skills, how to write, how to make videos that are very powerful, how to be a bestseller on Amazon. And I have a networking course that I've actually finished the slides for. I just need to find time to record. I spend all my time recording these podcast episodes. I need to find more and more time always. I'm expanding the offerings because I'm in this space and I want to grow. I want to grow this business and provide the information that people really desire. I want to give people what they need. Building the pyramid structure allows you to make more money. That first $2 book you sell to someone could turn into a $10,000 private coaching client that wants to develop a relationship with you as you help them quit smoking, master yoga, find their true love, achieve the things they desire in life. It's tempting to want to be a jack of all trades and to show people everything that you know how to do, show them all of your different skills, offer them all of these different areas of advice, knowledge, and wisdom. The problem is we forget the rest of that statement, jack of all trades, king of none. When you're a jack of all trades, you can work very hard and make 10% of what you deserve. If you have 10 books on Amazon and each of them sells 10 copies a day, that's great. $2 a sale times 10, $20 times 10 books, $200 a day. That's all right. It's okay. $200 a day, pretty nice living. You're making $1,800 a month, maybe two grand a month. But if you write those 10 books in a series, you could be making 15 or 20 grand a month when you have more expensive offerings from your website, when you offer coaching, when you offer advanced training, when you offer more materials, maybe you have video versions of the same courses, you could make $50,000 a month the same amount of work, and you can make thousands of times more money. This is the power of choosing the right niche, sticking with that niche, and growing within it, becoming an expert within an area. People will buy different products and different knowledge from you when you demonstrate your expertise and when they form a connection with you. When choosing your space, it's tempting to go too small and it's tempting to go too big. You want a space that has enough audience for you to connect with, but it's not so large that your message becomes meaningless. Finding the exact spectrum of your niche, your industry, requires a little bit of research. You want to speak to a group of people. It's very hard to write a dating book for men and women at the same time. For example, women are from Venus, men are from Mars. 
90% of the people that buy that book are women. As much as the titles for men and women, it's a book that women buy. If you tried to write a book that appealed to both men and women, if you tried to write a book that appealed to people that were 20 and 60, it wouldn't work. My previous audience was mostly young guys, early, mid-20s, trying to make it online because they don't want to enter the workforce. Dealt with when I first entered this market five or six years ago, that was what my message was for. All of my products were about that. They were a lot flashier. They required a lot of technical expertise, being able to do things very quickly online, being able to work with new software very quickly. That approach to marketing, that entire audience, that was who my message was for. My message now is for an older audience as I've aged and as my approach to business has changed and who I want to work with has changed. I don't want to spend all day talking to 20-year-old guys. Been there. Great in my 20s. I'm over it. I'd much rather talk to parents and people that want to take care of their families and kind of understand where I'm coming from. We're on the same wavelength. My messaging has thus changed. The way I market things, the way I create covers, the graphics, everything I do has changed. I was just on the phone today with a graphic designer I work with explaining how my messaging has changed. I have a tendency to design things. I'm in the middle of trying to design some cool t-shirts to go with a Serve No Master brand. If it was up to me, they would all be awesome t-shirts of samurais fighting demons and stabbing them in the head and it would say, Serve No Master. That's not what most of my audience wants to see. That's not what you're gonna wear when you're at home and you're a new mom and you're taking care of your kids and you're finally making enough money that you don't have to go back to work. You're not gonna wear the samurai killing a devil t-shirt in front of your kids. It's too extreme. I have a tendency within me to release the part of myself that's like a younger guy and that my old audience would have loved that probably and ate it up. Understanding my market and having aged my market and changed my target a little bit and shifted the gender of my audience a little bit means my messaging will change. It's very hard to make a t-shirt that a mom and her teenage son both want to wear. Too hard. It's too wide of a market. So when you're thinking about the audience you're choosing, find an audience that has a collective measure that as a group you can target and they'll listen to a single message but that's not so large, you're not trying to get everyone. And then it's not so small, there's no money in it. If I only try to approach women between the ages of 35 and 36 who are left-handed, the market gets too small. That's too small. So finding the balance is very important. If you get a little bit stuck, as always, you can email me. Very few people email me at the podcast email address. My other email address gets a lot more traffic. But if you look at the show notes for any episode, you can send me an email and I will notice it and I will reply to it and I can help you grow your business. I'm very excited and I hope you see the value in sticking to one niche to quickly grow your business and make money very, very fast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller serve no master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.